going to um, share for three weeks. Um, and we've shifted to five o'clock, as you've noticed. And I know it's going to take at least three weeks for all the saints to get the message. So I'm happy to navigate our transition. And you might wonder why we've done that. There are a few reasons. We've noticed people stay afterwards for quite long. So we want to encourage that. We want you to stick around. We want this to feel like your second home or your first home. And we want it to be your spiritual place. And so we're increasing the quality of the meals. So you can have a, sort of a supper plan if you want. And um, there are like chicken burgers uh, out there with real chicken. And then there, there um, are little sliders. And there's like, you know, those spiritual samosas we've been having for some time here. Yeah? Some people, it really makes you smile, eh? Like it really makes some people smile. Um, and so we, that's part of the reason why. The other part of the reason is we'd really like it to be as family-friendly a time slot as possible, not just one age group, but all age groups. And God willing, who knows, we might have a kids' church at 5 p.m. and we might have a program running. And is at what? Is that okay? Why are the people without the children agreeing with that idea? Shouldn't the people, shouldn't the people with the children agree? Um, and then uh, um, uh, after that, we'll have uh, one or two other guys joining the preaching team here. Pastor Lloyd from Jeffreys Bay, he's going to come and preach once a month here in the evening. And Figo's going to preach a bit. And some of the young adults are going to preach. And I'm going I'm to be here to help cheer and champion that too. And there's also a really, really important announcement next week uh, that we want to share with you about the internship program. So come prepared for that. There's a lot happening at one time. I, I want to start a series um, uh, tonight about how to build a healthy life. Um, ha, have you ever, I've had this experience recently. Have you, ever, have you ever asked somebody, everything okay? And then they gave you a response you didn't expect. Like when you say to most people, everything okay? I did that the other day at, the, at Willie's, at, you know, in the aisle there, everything okay? And they're like, just turned to me, said no, and started crying. And if you know me, that's a lot of awkward in one situation. It's public awkward, it's tearful awkward, it's more than I'm ready for, I'm in shorts, I don't know if I'm allowed to minister the gospel while I'm in shorts at the frozen food section, but it was more than I expected. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? So... One of the reasons why I want to talk about how to build a healthy life, biblically speaking, is that one of the qualities of Jesus, one of his skills, is that the Bible describes him as a physician, the great doctor of the Bible. And it would be unfortunate if we only ever knew Jesus and his skills in one way, but not met Jesus and all of his skills. And one of his skills is that he knows how to take things that are not okay and make them okay. And one of the things you've got to figure out is whether things are okay or not. And I thought I'd take you through some biblical um, conversation around that. Now, my good friend is in the front row and I'm going to tell a story that affects him, Azola. And so I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you. I didn't warn you, but do you mind if I tell this really embarrassing story? Good, thanks. Um, <laughs> Azola is one of three people who house sit for me when I travel. When I go away, he takes over my house and he looks after the pets and the house. And it's always awesome. And this last week, time that I went to George, can, please, it's the remote story. Can I tell the remote story? And so I left my stuff there and I disappeared and I left the photo and I said, Azola, make yourself at home. And it's never an issue. And I just got out of town and my phone started ringing. It was, let me explain to you, I have a four-button remote. I'm sure you've seen them. 
cheap as grass. Four button remote, red button, green button, blue button, and brown button. Yes, brown button. For some reason, Azola, who's stayed at my house many times before and knows all the buttons, decided that he the domestic worker would be sure what the buttons do. And they pressed all four of the buttons. So let me, say, no, let me explain to you what happens. The red one is a panic button. So Atlas phoned me, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. Why are you pressing the panic button? I'm not pressing the panic button. So the panic button just activated. Ma'am, it did not activate. I'm driving in a car, there is no way. My neighbor called, George, are you okay? Your garage door is going up, your garage door is going down. So that's the blue button. The blue button, the garage door is going up, the garage door is going down. It went up and down so many times, it got jammed. George, your garage door is not closing. It's got to close. I'm far away, there's no way I press the button. The gate at the front side is now opening and the gate is not closed. It's got a two minute time and order open sort of closes. My neighbor on that side comes to the church, George, what is going on? You've got ghosts coming in and out of your house. The door's opening. The garage door at the back is opening. The panic button's coming. So Atlas arrives. Atlas arrives to the front of my house. The gate is open. They assume there's trouble. I've let them in. I'm panicking. The lady says, sir, I said, ma'am, I am panicking because you are phoning me. Get off the phone. I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, one more button. What does the last button do? The brown button, the brown button arms the house, so I'm not quite sure what happened there. Uh, eventually I calmed down. I phoned the lady who looks off my house. Linda, everything okay? She said, yes. I said, Linda, you don't see that the police are in the front and the neighbors have gathered at the back and the alarm is going. Oh yeah, the alarm went off and the alarm is going. She said, yes. She said, I don't understand why. I said, did anything happen? She said, no, Zola and I, we just tested all the buttons. I said, <laughs> I said why are you doing that? I had to phone us all. I said, so you go back to my house and you go down to the bottom and you tell Atlas that it's your fault that they are here. Then you go to the top and you find out how to close that gate, that garage. I don't care how you close the garage. You press a button until that garage closes. And then I will deactivate the alarm from an app on my own phone. That's the one thing I can do. On my way, halfway in, in Jeffrey's Bay, I pull over. I'm like, deactivate. Whew, peace. Are you Okay. It was okay, it was okay. I think, I think I still said to you on my WhatsApp, I said, Azola, the only thing that has happened in the, not happened in the last three minutes was that my dogs ran away and the SPCA phoned me to say, we have your pit bulls. You know, that's the only thing that didn't happen in five minutes. Thankfully, wonderful, wonderful house sitter, wonderful pet sitter. Uh, didn't even know he was there. Uh, got back home. Everything looked fantastic, as always. Pets didn't miss me. Honestly, when Azola stays then I come back, they just barely lift their head above the couch. It's like, oh, it's you. It's the white guy. And they just, they just move on. So got to love you for that and always appreciate and value that. Are you okay? I do sometimes think about that, think about that situation, preparation for this message and wondered what your life looks like when the devil presses all your buttons. Oh, that had a bigger effect. That, that had, Azola's not the devil. We've moved on from the example now. Azola is when Jesus presses all your faith buttons and gets you moving. All right, moving on, moving on. Azola, I owe you supper uh, sometime, a good hassa grill steak. 
Mark chapter 2. Let's take it to the Bible. Mark chapter 2, uh, 17, when Jesus heard it, He said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The thing that Jesus had heard was that people were saying that people who follow Jesus all start out with issues and all start out with problems and they don't have, always have everything perfect. And there was a rumour going around, even in Jesus' time, that you know Jesus mixed with an interesting crowd. And Jesus said, I don't mind mixing with an interesting crowd because I didn't come to mix with a boring crowd. I came to mix with the people that had a story whose story was gonna end well because they met me. And we should never be ashamed of the fact that our faith and our spiritual family and our Saviour uh, is one who is happy to mix with the likes of us and to move our lives to the most redemptive version of ourselves it can be. Can you say amen to that? And so I thought it might be a good idea for us to talk a little bit about ways in which Jesus um, uh, is this, this physician uh, uh, brings health and healing so you can build a healthy life. A lot of people, I think, measure a healthy life incorrectly. Um, every uh, field or sphere of interest has a yardstick or measurement, right? Uh, if it's sport, the scoreboard is the yardstick. If you're into, um, you know, if you're into weightlifting, you, you know, then your bench press, I guess, is the, is that still a thing? Do people still go around asking one another how much you bench, bro? So that no, that that was that was a thing when I was in my twenties last year. People would literally just like, oh, it's your max, max bench, max, you know, um, you know, bench till max or bench till broken. Um, uh, in, in, in the business world, uh, the, the yardstick is what's your turnover? Well, although it maybe should be, you know, what's your cash in the bank? Because turnover can lie. You have high turnover and no money. Um, but, and then, and then, you know, in some communities, uh, you know, it's where you live. Where do you live? What is state do you live in? That's like the benchmark of you're doing well. That area is healthy. Your business is healthy. You're healthy. So the question is, what's the benchmark for being spiritually healthy? Like, are you, are you supposed to like be able to walk on water? Are you supposed to be able to raise the dead? Are you supposed to cast out demons? Are you supposed to speak in tongues? Are you, what's the benchmark for health? Spiritual health. Because if, if you know what health is, you know what a, a spiritual disease is, and then you know how Jesus changes your life, right? So to have that conversation, I thought I'd take you to Proverbs. Now, I just want to tell you that the... Nine verses I'm going to read in Proverbs chapter 18 uh, are not all from one translation. So I start out really well. I do well with King James. And then somewhere in the middle there, I go to the message. And then I end with the NIV. But I do encourage you, and there, there is a reason for that. Some of the words are hectic. Okay, so you get, let me read it. Let me read it. And then you'll understand. Basically, I just wanted to say, there's at least one verse there you can't practice practically. Okay, so that's what I wanted to say. There's a verse there that's just for information tonight. Do not, do not go home and do it. All right, let's go. Proverbs 18, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but only in expressing his own heart. 
When wickedness arrives, shame's not far behind. Contempt for life is contemptible. Many words rush along like a river in flood, but deep wisdom flows up from artisanal springs. It's not right to go easy on the guilty or come down hard on the innocent. The lips of a fool bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating. Now that's the one. That's the one you can't go home and say, I've got a verse in Proverbs that says, if you're gonna have a foolish mouth, you're inviting a beating. Come on over here. Let me put the Bible into practice tonight. Uh, This verse is reminding us of what an unhealthy life looks like. Remember that. We're describing health and disease, spiritual disease. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his own soul. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, but they go down into the innermost body. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Slack habits and sloppy work are as bad as vandalism. Amen. Verse 10. Because I love verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. You know, verse 10 is really uh, the antidote to verses one to nine. Verse one to nine says, these are the qualities or characteristics of a life not being built well and not being built with health. But the one who wants to build a life with health and wealth needs to uh, know the, t- the, the strength and tower of the Lord and needs to r- run to God. It's a, very, it's a really powerful idea that there are certain um, things that Jesus can do in your life uh, and faith can do and the spiritual life can do uh, more than just get you to heaven. Honestly, the simplest thing that faith does is get you to heaven. It's the simplest thing. It's simple for you and I. It was not simple for God. It was sacrificial for God, but it's simple for us. All it is, is our believing in what God has done. But you know, the real hard work for us and the easy thing for God to do and the hard work for us is to let God rebuild our lives in a healthy way. Everything okay? I wonder what it looks like if we just go to before God from time to time and say, do you know what? In that area, I'm not okay. Or to say, there's this area in which things aren't okay. And I need you to become my strong tower and and firm or steady foundation. So I wanted on that premise to spend 15 minutes with you on what medicine for a sick soul looks like and to recognize that one of the things Jesus does is to describe his work on earth as that of a a physician or a doctor. Do you know there's a a scripture in um, uh, Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 28, all the saints go. Anyone know what it says? Most will know, he's a super saint. Matthew 11, 28 reminds us that All of us who are weary and heavy laden should come to Christ because he will give us rest. Even that description, if you are tired and heavy laden, come to him and he will give you rest, is the description of a spiritual illness, of a spiritual kind of tiredness. Have you ever 
uh, heard the expression uh, that when somebody is physically sick, they might just need some bed rest. The spiritual version of that is you come to Jesus and He gives your soul rest. Maybe there's something in your soul that's not okay. And it is that thing that makes you tired. You think you're sick and tired of stuff, but what you're sick and tired of is a weariness in your soul and it translates into everything in your life. And the people you actually love are punished because of the way you live, because something is not okay. Your dis-ease is becoming somebody else's burden because you won't let Jesus take the burden and you give it to other people to carry for you. And is that a capable moment? And you know, I don't know if you know this, but when you're not okay, all your friends suffer. All your friends carry the price. All your friends say, oh no, they're in a mood this week, avoid them. All your friends try to break into your life to be involved again. But the person who is eager to do that is Jesus Christ. The person who says, come unto me, all of you are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. My, burden, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus invites a swap. Give me your burdens, carry my yoke. You know what a yoke is, right? Um, it's a farming thing. I'm sure most people know what it is. A yoke is that wooden thing that they attach onto two cattle to get them to uh, plough in straight lines. So that's what a yoke is. I'm sure you've seen it. And that's why we always make these jokes in Corinthians, don't be unequally yoked. You have to have two equally strong cattle to, or, 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 or um, beasts to plough straight. Unequally yoked would be to have a strong and a weak. You also don't yoke like a goat and a chicken. and you don't. So the idea there is like be at least the same thing if you're gonna be in a relationship. At least be Christian, Christian, strong, strong. Same direction, same direction. Plowing the same field, plowing the same field. Then marriage is an easy yoke. But then when you get someone, not the same thing. One kind of beast, other kind of beast. Plowing that field, going that way. Then it becomes a disaster. We've got to be uh, equally yoked. But this verse reminds us, this idea in, in Matthew 11 reminds us that Jesus wants us to be yoked together with Him. How amazing is it that uh, He will be as big or as small as you need in the day you need it. <laughs> He'll come to you and, and downsize or upsize to carry your burden. Isn't that incredible? It blows my mind that God would be for me what I need for my healing. That blows my mind. Like with the pressure is always, you be bigger because God is big. But to be truthful, God made himself of no reputation and became nothing but a servant and made himself nothing. So he could go to the person who really has absolutely nothing left and never make them feel that it isn't enough so that he could yoke himself together with you in your nothingness and then lift you up to his everythingness so that the fullness of God might dwell bodily also in you. It's mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And so I, I guess uh, we, we, it's worthwhile figuring out what it looks like to, to be okay and healthy and to continue on a journey of health and, and to discover Jesus, not just the Saviour and Jesus, the miracle worker and Jesus, the great storyteller and parable teller, but Jesus, the physician, the doctor that heals um, a sick soul. So I've got three ideas I want to share with you on how Jesus does that. And this is the part you kind of have to be involved in um, also. Uh, doctors will tell you um, that you should finish your medicine. 
That's what they say, finish your medicine. That's the spiritual equivalent of like finish the race that you've started. It's like finish your medicine. I'm one of those people. I never used to do that. I got shouted at many times. I've got a drawer in my kitchen. If you open it, all my medicine is there. I'm not using any of it at the moment, but I keep a little leftover after each illness just in case I might need it. And then if I'm not feeling well, I mix them together and then see if what happens in the morning. And then, and then... <laughs> I mean, I mean, prayed for. I've got all these different kinds of medicines where I've cut away the parts I've already used. Now it's only half a word. Now I'm googling half a word. What medicine starts with G E? Like, but um, the thing is, uh, you're laughing at me, but some of you are building your spiritual lives like that. Jesus said, "Do this." You do half of it. You keep the other half. Then when you're not feeling well, you try and fix it and blend it all together. You do two services and half a tithe, and then you start a new Facebook account and you update your profile. Jesus is Lord, and then you delete it, and then the real you updates. Whew, so many buttons, so much panic. Gate is opening, gate is closing. The police are here. The dogs are running. As well as shot for my story. Eh? Without that, this sermon would have been flat like a pancake. <laughs> Three things that you need to contemplate when you want to build a healthy life. Number one, choose your temperature. Choose your temperature. Hey, what's one of the first things you do if you want to find out if you're sick? Check the temperature. One of the first things you do if you want to find out if you're spiritually uh, uh, sick is check your spiritual temperature. If you're wondering what that means, remember Revelation 3. Oh, but that you are lukewarm. I wish that you were either cold or hot. But something in the middle is just... Choose your temperature. Hot or cold, but don't play in the middle. That's, that's the tough part, right? Something isn't okay in me when I'm indecisive and play in the middle. It doesn't go well. It, but it bothers me and it confuses my, my friends. If you really want to be healthy in something, choose this day, blessing or curse, life or death, to follow me or not to follow me. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I'm in or I'm out, I'm hot or I'm cold. Wait, that sounds like a song. <laughs> the people who laugh know that song, which means you're not good Christians. You need to... It's Katy Perry, yeah. Thanks, Vince, for knowing that. Is that because you're an evangelist and you're just familiarizing yourself with the landscape? Um, even, even the secular world can tell you, don't be in or out, don't be hot or cold. Pick a lane. Because that's any area that you don't pick a lane. Excuse me, I have something in my eye. And that's annoying because point three is about having good vision. Um, I, I, I kid you not. Um, I've got to resolve it now. Uh, uh, when I'm lukewarm about when I'm lukewarm about something, I open myself to spiritual disease. Got to pick your temperature. I think there's something about that that's really, really important, um, and that means even when you, even when you don't, even when you don't feel like I am in my fifties now. You're supposed to say no way, but. But next time, next time we try that, I'd like to see you do a little better, if you don't mind. If you, should we try it now? I'm in my 50s now. 
Nice, thanks, yeah, thanks. Don't worry, you laughing. I'm gonna come visit you when you're in your 50s. And I better be able to say, no way. Um, I have never, I'm in my 50s, I've been a pastor since I was 21. I was 21 years old when I was ordained as a pastor. I have never lived through a year or two as the last two years where people are so worried about satisfying their feelings like their feelings was like an extra person in the relationship. Like, Paul's quite clear. I beat my body into submission so that I am not disqualified from the race to which God has called me. I don't care what my feelings say. My feelings will keep quiet and the will of God will rule and reign. But these days, everybody's married to their feelings. You don't have time to date someone else. You're dating your feelings. Was that a bit much? Cut it out. Who cares? About you know your feelings are the most fickle friend you will ever have. It'll change in the morning. Your feelings are fickle. I can change your feelings by inviting you to cheesecake. I'm not going to do that because they sold out. But I'm just saying, it, it could, don't do that. Choose your temperature. We are not called to live cold lives. We are called to live passionate lives. If somebody accuses you of going a bit overboard, that's better than somebody accuses, accusing you of being dead. I'd rather be accused of being a bit overboard. That's better to come back from and to be accused of being dead. Secondly, um, um, you become spiritually sick and need a physician when you chase the wrong kinds of treasures. And I wanted to invite you to chase real treasure. I don't know if you know this, but we're all hustling on some level. You're all hustling. I know it's like a modern term. And I know you're gonna TikTok later that the hustle is real and... Yeah, I'm just hustling every day. Um, some of you are like hustling to sit next to someone afterwards tonight. Ooh. Oh, you think we don't know? We know. We know. Some of you are hustling to get through the term, get through the academic years. Some of you are hustling for a buck. Some of you are hustling for a ride home. Some of you are hustling for your first million. Every, there's an amen. Oh, wow, that was an Amen. Uh, I, I, I pray and release your first million immediately after your first tithe. There, go, 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 go. I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, oh, the point is, if you're gonna hustle anywhere, hustle for something worth it. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, I have never been disappointed by my heavenly treasure. I have almost always been disappointed by my earthly treasures. It's called buyer's remorse. The day after you get it, it's disappointing on some level. I tell people when they buy a brand new car, do yourself a favor, get that first scratch as soon as you can. Do it yourself if you have to. Because waking up every day wondering if someone scratched your new car is just a soul destroying. I was that guy, <laughs> get a new car. I don't mean out the box new, but a new car. I parked there, far away. Because surely no one is going to park. I'll rather walk. I'll rather walk. I do that for three weeks. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to park right here right now. I mean, there was a time you get a new car. It's too windy out there. I'm not going anywhere. I don't need to go anywhere. If I need something, Uber can bring it. If Uber can't bring it, I don't need it. And then after a while, you're like, grow up, you know, go out there. You park in some parking lots, you can just tell. Some people don't understand what car doors are. They've never met a car door before. They open a car door, they use a foot. 
I don't know if you know this, but there's no foot handle on a car door. There's a hand handle on a car door where they open the door and bah, then the PE wind assists them and then the door becomes a sail and you're the person parked next to it. Just get past it. Life's going to have dents and dings and bumps and scratches. And you know what your problem is? Why you're so unhappy is because you have put too much value in earthly treasure and earthly treasure is guaranteed to disappoint. You need to shift your asset value from the spreadsheet of temporary to the spreadsheet of eternal so that real treasure is found in heaven and everything else depreciates. Get that. Just get that in your mindset. Everything else is a depreciating something, you know, except heavenly treasure. It's designed to be like that. Paul, poor Paul, eventually said, I look at my body, it's like a tent wasting away. He said, but I have stored up for myself something in heaven that moth cannot corrupt and thief cannot steal and God rules and reigns. I mean, uh, it's not okay. You, you're not okay when you make of earthly treasures an idol. And you'll be okay if you can make heavenly treasures your true treasure. You'll be okay. You'll be in a tiny room and it'll be a blessing. You'll be a giant mansion and it'll be a blessing. But turn it around and the tiny room is claustrophobic and the big mansion is a burden. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get, uh, the disease just gets bigger and the burden heavier until you come to Jesus and you put it all in the right perspective. And then a little place can be a holy place and a big place can be a blessing to you. Can you say amen to that? And I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to check your temperature and I want to encourage you um, to chase heavenly treasure. And finally, I want to encourage you to check your, check your transparency. Um, you know, there, there's a really strange verse. Well, it's not strange, but cool verse in Revelation. Okay, so again, back to like the test. Matthew eleven twenty eight was like the come to more of your heavy laden. Uh, anyone know what Revelation 3.20 says? Okay, good. That means you'll come back next week because I made you aware that you lack a certain bit of information. It's like the ultimate preacher trick, like you've got to come back now because there's something I don't know. Revelation 3.20 Revelation 3.20 says, stand at the door and knock. Oh, you knew it. You just didn't know where it was. It's like your Bible. <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? Oh, you know, you just don't know where it is. Um, so I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens my door, I'll come in and I will sup with them and them with me. Uh, but you know, there's like 19 verses before verse 20. And the 19 verses say, come to me and buy real gold. Gold refined by fire, bought without money. Come to me and put on robes of righteousness. Exchange your feeling of nakedness for the cloaks of princes and princesses and buy from me ointment for your eyes so that you might see with clarity what is real and what is not. Hey man, if we ever need to know what's real and what's not, it's right now. Hashtag AR. Hashtag is a cake. In case you're wondering like how up to date I am. Um, We, we, we need the Spirit of God more than ever to help us figure out what's real and what's not. 
a lot of stuff that looks real isn't. And a lot of stuff that is real doesn't look good, but it's real. There's this Greek archbishop. I forget his name, but I just remember his Greek. Stuck in my mind. He said this uh, 300 years ago. I wasn't there. Uh, It was written in, in a book. He said this, he said, things spoken well aren't necessarily true. And things spoken badly aren't necessarily false. Learn to discern. Amen? Learn to discern. I think what we need is God to purge our eyes um, so we can see clearly um, the truth from fake. Um, Because when we don't do that, we get spiritually sick. Um, It's the most amazing thing, even as a pastor, you know, um, sometimes I look at somebody's life and I think, oh, I wish I had a little bit of that. Whatever it is. And then they'll have a meeting with me and go, Jesus, I, just, I wish I had a little bit of your kind of life. But there we are, both of us, wishing we were living in each other's shoes. Wear your own shoes, wear them well. Know what you're called to be, be it. Live in health. Don't wish for somebody else's road. Walk your road. In it, you'll find your blessing. It's unique to you. Let Christ lead you in it, right? And there's so much false advertising, even the devil. Even the devil, false advertising. Uh, I, I finish at six eh, tonight. Eh? That's the cutoff. Even the devil has false advertising. You know when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? The devil takes him to the highest building in Jerusalem and says, do you see all these kingdoms that your eye can see? I'm gonna give them to you. What a joke. The one who built the universe, you're inviting him to the highest hill you can climb to see the cities you can see and then say, you see all this stuff I can see, you can also have it. And Jesus is like, I've made planets you haven't found yet. While I was resting, while you were resting, I was making galaxies. You oaks in 2023 are still gonna make a telescope who can see some of the stuff I finished before you were born. And now you're inviting me, do you want this? These five cities here, Jericho, Bethlehem, yeah, do you want this? False advertising. Watch out, eh? False advertising comes in many forms. It comes in the form of an enticing secretary or a flirtatious friend or a 5% bottle of alcohol. False advertising. Have you seen those adverts? Drink this beer and you will, the sun will set more beautifully And the car will go faster and the girls will throw themselves at you. I've been having, I don't see any. (laughs) If you think the only kind of false advertising is the kind you see on TV, you'd be wrong. The devil is false advertising to you every day, even in church, false advertising. You should be here doing this, doing that. Don't do this, don't come here, don't go there. All a lie, all a sickness, all a dis-ease a disease, come to him, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and he will give you rest. James chapter one, I'll close with this. From the NIV says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. He gives generously and and to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I, I wanted to use that verse tonight, not because of the wisdom part, but because of the way in which God gives. Of course, the wisdom bars are very valuable, 
But the implication of the scripture is that God doesn't look for a reason not to give. He doesn't find fault. Uh, in other words, if you ask for anything in his name, he's not going to look for an, a way to avoid it. He's a generous father. So I want to do, encourage you uh, tonight. Jesus the physician and the question, everything okay? Or are the buttons pressing? And there's chaos, front gate, back gate, every gate, everywhere. And maybe you just need, you need the Lord to settle that, give you peace. And if you think peace is an, in an external place somewhere, you'll chase it your whole life and be disappointed you never found it. Peace is not a place somewhere. Peace is not a price somewhere. Peace is a person in your heart called Jesus Christ, the Prince of, yeah, peace, it's that. Uh, thank you, it's a joy to share with you and I'm looking forward to seeing what the Lord does with us in this service. I wonder if we take a moment just to pray, it's 6.02 and there's a team of people coming to the front uh, we, we keep talking about this It's because it's so important. Um, if you ever, about anything, feel like you would like someone to pray with you. So it doesn't have to be like, oh, what the guy preached about anything. You just come to the front and you say, oh, I'm here anyway. Okay, could someone pray with me? And you just let us know, we'll pray with you. And we've got communion on either side and we invite you to take that and share it if you want, break bread. Um, or to stay for coffee. I mean, I don't, yeah, the, you know, the sun's barely set. There's like, Nothing happening tonight in PE except load shedding. So why don't you why don't you stick around and have supper? There's good supper here. But before we go, let's do this prayer. Would you mind closing us for a moment? And in the I guess in the in the holiness of a still small voice, everything okay. And if your response to that is <clears throat> like that person I bumped into, actually not really, there's something on my heart. I, I wonder if we could just, um, a quick response um, and maybe just put our hand up before God and go, hey Lord, I am here tonight with something, Jesus calling you. I am here tonight with something on my heart and I would like you to heal it or to give it peace. And so would you take a moment, just reflect on that for a moment. And that's the space you're in. Just in a moment, would you just raise your hand and or hands uh, long enough for me to see it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thank you. <clears throat> yeah, so many, I'd say about a third of the people here, I guess. And so I'm going to pray a prayer and then I'm going to invite you to a conversation if you want one or a private prayer in front if you want one. But let me pray with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're our Prince of Peace. I thank you that you're the great physician. I thank you that you came not to those who are very righteous, but those who need a healer. 
Thank You, Lord, that You have come to redeem our lives, to, to repair it and restore it and to remove from us the sickness of the soul. Lord, will You please guard us against foolishness, guard us against an unwise mind, guard us against a poorly chosen path. Would You please build our lives well. And Lord, we surrender the burden that is breaking us and put it onto You because You bore it on Your back on a cross. And will You please help us get yoked together with You and plough and uh, uh, straight lines and build wisely. Holy Spirit, um, please will You heal our hearts so that we can say everything's okay. It is well with my soul. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, would you give God one little shout of praise and thanksgiving?